I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I won't let my body outweigh, outweigh everything that I'm made of. Won't spend my life trying to change. I'm learning to love who I am. I get strong, I feel free. I know every part of me is beautiful. And I will always outweigh. If you feel it, put your hands in the air. Show some love to the new while you're there. Let's take it one day at a time. Did you and I outweigh? Welcome back to Outweigh. I'm so excited because we've got Jennifer Rowland back on today. It's just me. Amy had to step out, but we're doing a part two to our original episode with Jennifer where we learn all about her new amazing book, which is called The Inside Scoop on Eating Disorder Recovery, written by herself and a colleague, Colleen Reichman. And this is an awesome book. If you missed our first episode, we go into depth as to why these two amazing eating disorder therapists chose to write it, why they share their personal stories in it, and the amazing tools within it. So we're going to dive a little bit deeper into that today. Thanks for being back, Jennifer. Thank you for having me. So we, we left off with Amy asking how to give this book to somebody without offending them. And I love what you said. You said that a person doesn't have to have an eating disorder to benefit from this book. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. They definitely don't. And one of the reasons I feel like that's so powerful is because you are not just speaking to specific things that people with eating disorders or disordered eating go through, but you're covering some pretty heavy, hard topics like fat phobia in general. Yeah. We've talked about it on the podcast, but we never know who's listened to what episode. So what is fat phobia and why is that something that you and Colleen decided to tackle in this book specifically? Yeah, so we talked about fat phobia also so-called weight stigma in the book because basically fat phobia or weight stigma is attitudes of prejudice, stereotypes, or bias towards people in larger bodies. And often it's not even recognized as like a form of discrimination in our society. And it's incredibly pervasive. We thought it was important because it's one of the environmental factors that can contribute to eating disorders. And like we talked about in the other episode, there's a whole bunch of factors. So it's not that fat phobia alone can cause it. However, it can be the environmental trigger for some people who have that underlying genetic and temperamental component. I've personally really started to understand fat phobia only in the last year or two, I'd say. That wasn't a phrase I knew. Um, I, you know, obviously I live in a smaller body, so I've never experienced fat phobia, although I have experienced fat phobia with my own beliefs because so much of what we have been told about bigger bodies, we just believe as true unless we break that down, especially in the healthcare point of view where we really need to actually go back and look at the research about BMI, about health conditions and recognize that every individual is entitled to the same level of care and should not be discriminated on based on our own stigmas about weight. So I think that was so awesome for you guys to tackle because it's still the elephant in the room, I think. And I have found with my own clients by kind of beginning to talk about fat phobia, they're able to also reckon a bit more with their own body changes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we won't get into everything that can lead to body image distress because there's a whole bunch of factors, but one thing is fat phobia, right? Societal fat phobia. So for instance, if we're conditioned to believe that fatness is bad or weight gain is bad, then we might start to see things like, oh, it looks like, or I do have a double chin in that photo. Well, that is bad because being fat is bad, you know, gaining weight in certain places is seen as bad. So in unpacking fat phobia, it helps everyone, but the people who are the most harmed by it are people in larger bodies, as you mentioned. One of the topics in your book is about partial recovery. We recently had on a woman who's studying to get her PhD, her name is Tara Kemp, come on and speak about her own partial recovery. And I'd actually never heard this phrase or I've never had a word to describe it. And then I saw it in your book and I thought, wow, this must be a lot more common than I've ever realized. So what is partial recovery? Partial recovery is the middle stages of recovery. It's where some people will actually stop in their recovery and some people move forward. But basically it's where you've let go of a lot of the eating disorder behaviors, but you're still kind of holding on to some of them. So it looks different for everyone, but basically it means you're not fully free from the thoughts and from the behaviors, but you are better than you were in early recovery. When you're in partial recovery, do you know you're in partial recovery or do are a lot of people in a stage of denial? I would say it's a little bit of both. Some people definitely know that they're in it, but I know for myself, for instance, in my own recovery journey, mine started out as being in denial where I was like, I'm good. I feel like I don't have a problem anymore. And instead I was very obsessed with exercise and like eating mm. clean foods, right? So I was better than when I was in the depths of anorexia, but 
I was still having a socially acceptable eating disorder. And what about the people who have made peace with some things, but they are continuously gaining weight? So I hear from a lot of people is I've started to eat intuitively and I'm gaining weight. When will it stop? And then they'll often be, this will often be on Instagram. So they'll send the emoji that's kind of like gasping, but even though it's a silly emoji, it really is showing the level of despair and fear and that place where it's like your eating disorders on the left and then freedoms on the right. And the person so badly wants to run to freedom, but they're really being pulled towards the left. How can we encourage them to keep going? Yeah. So that's such a common place to be because recovery, again, you're going to come upon some common speed bumps for most people, especially like weight gain can be tough for a lot of people in our society. So ultimately, I think it's about like reminding them what motivated them to start recovery in the first place, like trying to build on their hope and motivation. And then I also like to play out the tape with people, which is similar to what people do in addiction recovery, where it's like, Okay, so you're having urges to go back to your eating disorder. So let's play out the tapes. Let's say you decided to go on that diet that your eating disorder is telling you to do. Like, where would that eventually end up? Because eating disorders promise these like short term highs, but they lead to like long term destruction. So that's just like two short strategies I might use with somebody who's feeling kind of stuck and wanting to go back. And those are strategies in your book as well that people can begin to kind of digest, even if they're not working with you one-on-one. I think even just talking about it, you know, even just saying there's this murky place that is, yes, you've come so far, but there's a little level of stuckness and a choice point here that you need to make, which way are you going to go? I've read a lot of eating disorder books and I don't know if I've ever seen it called out or referenced. So I think really recognizing the struggle that happens after somebody makes progress, recognizing that it's not linear, that they might go back a bit before they go forward is really great, I think, just to hear from a therapist that, hey, we see this all the time. You're not broken for being stuck at this hard point. You know, freedom is not just eating a certain food that you didn't eat before. There's so many thoughts and behaviors that need to be broken down. So again, it's just like two therapists sharing such interesting advice from the people who hear about it the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think you're right that even just having the awareness would have helped me so much when I was stuck in that trap. And I think that's like the first step here. Well, I feel like I've met a lot of people online that have made Instagram accounts. They've become influencers by way of sharing their own recovery. And I think I see it chalked up a lot as like good days and bad days. And I don't believe in that in general when it comes to anything. I think everything's kind of can be gray, but I think to recognize for anybody when you do have a setback doesn't mean that you're all the way back to square one, you know, is just a helpful understanding. Like there's this thing called partial recovery. That is where I'm at right now can help us really say, this is where I am right now. And it doesn't mean that just because I feel scared and shaken and thinking about going back that I will go back. I feel like that's just super helpful to really expand the thinking and help people not feel like failures when that eating disorder voice is getting loud already as it is. Yeah, a hundred percent. And like all of recovery, it's finding that gray and that middle path of both acknowledging, wow, like I have come far. I'm not doing those things I used to do. I'm not back to square one. And like, there's still room for me to grow in my recovery to be truly free. I'm Elia Connie, and this is Family Therapy. My best hopes, I guess, identify the life that I want and, and work towards it. 
I never seen a man take care of my mother the way she needed to be taken care of. I get the impression that you don't feel like you've done everything right as a father. Is that true? That's true. And I'm not offended by that. Thank you for, for going through those things and thank you for overcoming them. Wow. Thank God for the limits. Every time I have like one of our sessions, our sessions be positive. It just keeps me going. I feel like my focus is redirected in a, in a different aspect of my life now. So, how'd we do today? We did good. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy. Listen now on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your host of TMI. New year, new name, new energy, but... Same old us. <laughs> oh, yeah. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. But that's not all. We will also have special guests to add their thoughts on the topics, as well as break down different political issues with local activists in their community. If you like to be informed, And to expand your thoughts, listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Parents, ready to discover a new educational and interactive podcast for kids? Join Stories for Kids by Lingo Kids, where episodes are packed with fun activities. Right, Elliot? Oh, yes! We learned how to recycle at the beach. That was great fun. Callie, what do you say? It was. And that time when we did the science experiment and Billy made raisins dance. That is so cool, Billy. He did. <laughs> Not to mention when a certain Elliot took up swimming classes with Lisa. That was me! <laughs> Bet you can't catch me. I'm going to get you. All this fun and more in our Stories for Kids. Lingo Kids Stories for Kids is now available on StoryButton, the kid-friendly device for screenless podcast listening. Listen to Stories for Kids on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
And your book is so not typical from the cover photo to the colors, to all of it, to the tone, which is super inviting and relatable and almost humorous. You also include the top five regrets of people who are dying towards the end of your book. And I found that interesting in a lighthearted book. Yet at the same time, I found it grounding. Can you share what the top five regrets are and why you decided to include something a little bit darker in a book that is supposed to be about life? So the top five regrets are, I wish I had the courage to live a life true to myself, not the life others expected of me. I wish I hadn't worked so hard. I wish I'd had the courage to express my feelings. I wish I'd stayed in touch with my friends and I wish I'd let myself be happier. And we point out in the book, nowhere does it say, I wish I had six pack abs and I wish I had eaten super clean, right? The reason why I included it is because I think one important element of recovery is trying to find a meaning or purpose that's greater than the eating disorder. And I think this just helps people to get back to what are my values versus what are the eating disorders values, if that makes sense? Because this is just more of a reflection of somebody's like authentic, like self values and what actually is going to matter at the end of life. And your eating disorder is going to tell you that, you know, what is the most important thing is the donut you ate this afternoon, right? But that's not in alignment with like your true values. Again, it's so helpful to get that zoomed out perspective of this is what really matters. Thinking back to my own eating disorder days too, when I ate the donut, like you said, like my mind became the donut. Like there was nothing else of importance. You could not stop me from, you know, exercising it off or finding a way to compensate the next day. And if somebody would have just like shaken me and been like, are you going to care about this in a week, let alone when you're dying? I think could have just been so helpful. So it's almost like it is, it's not dark because we're talking about dying. I don't think dying is necessarily dark, but when we are talking about regrets and stuff, it really is, it stops you in your tracks and can get you out of that fear brain that the eating disorder takes you to and into your real life. What do you want in this life? What matters in this moment, even though my body is shaken with fear and my mind is clouded with how real this and scary this all feels. So I thought that was just super interesting to see it in parallel to really anything, right? Like, I mean, as a therapist, I'm sure you help people really work through little things all day that feel so big all the time to really put it in perspective of life helps us gain some clarity and not feel so scared. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you know, this is something I even use today, right? If I'm stressed about some minor wedding detail or something, I think to myself, you know, is this going to matter at the end of my life? And it's just a way to circle back to like my true values and helping people live their most authentic life at the end of the day. I love that you're bringing it to that too, because I was there and everything just feels so important in that moment. So in your book, you break down a lot of myths. I really love to see that. And I thought it would be helpful if we could just finish off with you sharing what your favorite myth to break down is with your clients and how that impacts them. Yeah. So I really like the not sick enough myth, but we talked about that a little bit before. I think another myth that I love to break down is this idea that you can't look at somebody and know what their relationship to food is like, or even what kind of eating disorder they struggle with. 
and that you can be actually quite ill in an eating disorder and not be considered like quote unquote underweight by BMI because the vast majority of people with eating disorders do not appear like physically emaciated or gaunt. But I think the media has this glorification with thinness and showing people with anorexia who look like they're on death's door. And so people think I can't have an eating disorder. I don't look like that. My problem's not that serious. So helping people to realize that it is a serious life-threatening mental illness and you don't have to have gone to the hospital. You don't have to have gone to a higher level of care. You don't have to be severely emaciated and you can still be really unwell and really deserving of treatment. I love that. And when your your clients, like when you work through that myth, I assume they already know because they're at your door or I would think they know, maybe their family put them in. What's the first myth for somebody who's super resistant to working with you, but they're there anyway? Yeah. So that's a great question. I think for people who are super resistant, honestly, I would say I start more by building that relationship and gradually like not even hitting them with like, Hey, you have this problem. Like if it's a super resistant teen, but building that relationship to where they trust me. And then they're like, yeah, so I feel a little anxious around food, but I think I will debunk the myth I just talked about with people who are brought in by loved ones or people who show up at my door, but are like, you know, I don't really know that my problem is that serious because that's an eating disorder trick to keep you Mm. sick, right? Is to continually tell you, actually, you're not that bad. You don't need to recover. You can diet. Everything's fine. I feel like there are just some people that, that struggle forever because they can never break free from that idea of this is fine. This is how I like to eat. This is how I like to live. What is the most powerful wake up call for somebody listening that thinks I like the foods I eat. I like working out however much I work out at at many point. I think I look good, even though other people tell me I don't. What would you tell somebody who just there are signs all around them that something's not right, but they really don't believe it themselves? Yeah. I mean, first off, I'd want to ask about the quality of their life. Like just because your life appears great on the outside, like, how are you feeling? Like, are you happy? Like, do you enjoy the way your life is going? And secondly, if they have a child or if they have a niece or nephew or someone they really love, like if that person was doing these behaviors, what would you say to them? And how would you feel? And why is it okay for you, but not okay for your niece or nephew that you love? to be doing this. Yeah. I think when you bring that into perspective, it kind of always shifts and shatters you a little bit. It shakes you really to think about things differently. And then once you see it that way, you can't unsee your own behavior. And then you have to start thinking, okay, well, where can I budge? Because this isn't the life that I truly want. And something's got to give because I'm I'm missing out on something here. Well, thank you for joining us for two episodes. If you missed our first one, you want to check that out. Amy hit you with some really good questions all about how eating disorders are formed, what it means to act as if, which I think is probably the most helpful tool for somebody who's trying to recover but just feels too scared. And we're going to link your new book below and all of your information as always. And thank you for being an amazing guest and amazing resource on Instagram. We'll put your Insta below and we just adore you. Thank you, Jennifer. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for having me. Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics 
in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to Across Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.